it's interesting because I'm the only member of the art department who comes from a production background. My role is to ensure that the team of artists who are creating those creative pieces of imagery have the production support that they need to fulfill their jobs. I'm responsible for the organizational, operational elements of the art department. Hey everyone, welcome to Call Sheet, a podcast about film production and the boots on the ground work of Below the Line crew. If you work in physical production in any department, this show's for you. Thanks so much for joining us. Welcome back, folks. Today on the show, we're talking to an art department coordinator about how to support the team responsible for designing and executing the overall aesthetic of a film. Once again, we're your hosts, Bryce Sirier and Kiku Terasaki. Hey there, Kiku. Hey, Bryce. So our guest today is Sasha DeMello. She's currently an art department coordinator for Avatar 2 and 3 and in development for Avatar 4 and 5. Starting out as executive assistant to the head of production at Walden Media, Sasha quickly decided she actually wanted to be on the front lines. So she vaulted over the wall into freelance production. First, she worked as an AD on a low budget series in L.A., And then being a risk taker like all of us, she just picked up stakes and moved to Hawaii, where she wrangled herself a job as base camp PA on Hawaii Five O. That began what's become a trans-Pacific commute, where she advanced to production secretary back in L.A., made the jump to art department coordinator, returned to Hawaii for Kong Skull Island, and now she's back here on the West Coast for Avatar 2 and 3 and prepping 4 and 5. What is the role of art department coordinator, you ask? Well, she's here to tell us. Welcome, Sasha. Bryce, Kiku, thank you so much for having me. So how did you get started in the biz? You said you stumbled into the job. What do you mean by that? Yeah, well, um, working in the art department was sort of a happy accident. Um, As you said, I started my career after graduating as an executive assistant. And um, while I really enjoyed working in the studio sector, I realized that I was just sort of missing a really tangible, practical element of film production. And I knew that if I wanted to return to the studio sector as an executive one day, I first had to get some of that uh, hands-on filmmaking experience. So I went freelance. Uh, I was working as a production secretary and I was approached by a production designer who was in need of a coordinator and he had sort of um, recognized my potential. And it was a great opportunity for me because my background is in production and both art department coordinators and production coordinators are members of the same union, which is IOTC 871. Um, But the art department sort of became this gem that I I didn't know the coordinator position existed until I got into it. That's awesome. I mean, would you tell us a little more about union membership as a coordinator? What goes into becoming a member of the union and and what are some of the pros and cons of union membership? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Joining a union can be very tricky. Um, It's really important to foster relationships with the department heads and UPMs because ultimately when it becomes time to join a union and you have the opportunity on the right show to do so, uh, the union is often going to want a vote of confidence from other union members to help validate that you are skilled in that craft and you need the permission of the UPMs to initially start working non-union. So for IOPSI, for example, you work 30 days non-union, and then after that period of time, you're qualified to join. Um, But it it takes a lot of trust between the department head and the UPMs to ensure that you're going to keep that commitment and actually join the union after the 30 days. Um, Otherwise, the production is then on the line and can be held responsible. 
Um, and every union is different and the requirements to join a union are different based on the craft. So it's important to ensure that the union you're joining ultimately serves your career goals and what you want to do in the industry. So you're saying make sure you know the craft you want to commit to before trying to join the union for that craft, right? Don't pigeonhole yourself too early because it, it can be difficult to explore other departments once you sort of cross that threshold. Exactly. Before you make the commitment to union membership, you know, I think some people sort of undervalue the benefit and opportunity of being a PA because PAs can work in any department. And once you start to sort of move up the hierarchy, um, you do become more limited in what you can do by the restrictions of the union uh, based on your craft. So it's really important as a PA to sort of take that opportunity to jump around and try different departments um, before you commit to a union membership. Are you saying that an IASI signature production could hire you as an art department coordinator without you being a member? Up to 30 days. It's like a yes. probationary period. Right. It's a probationary period. So if you have a department head and a UPM who are really supporting your union membership, um, you do have to get permission from the union ahead of time to start working non-union. And after that probationary 30-day period, it's essentially join or cease work. And because of that, the UPM and the department head is putting a lot of faith and trust that you're going to see through union membership at that point and join so that you can ultimately finish the production because as you know, a show is much longer than 30 days. Right. But, but really, I would encourage recent college graduates and people who are, are young in their craft to not necessarily put pressure on themselves to join a, a union right away. I really think that the, the first few years of your career are vital to explore because the PA position is really the only position in which you can work multiple departments and get exposure to what happens in different departments. And once you become a member of a union and you're part of a local, it, it can sort of limit your ability to work in or out of state uh, as a distant or local hire. So you should take advantage of the fact that as the PA, you can work um, in another state and have that opportunity to maybe travel and try production in different states before you commit to joining a local in, in one area. I think that's excellent advice. Excellent advice. So the production designer manages the largest number of departments and people on a movie. Sets, props, costumes, hair and makeup, locations. Where does the art department coordinator fit in the organization chart? So the art department coordinator reports directly to the production designer and art directors, um, yet you really become a central point of communication and a liaison between art department, construction, set deck, props, and even locations, as you mentioned. Um, I was amazed by how integral the art department is in facilitating design development for those other departments. And really none of them can function independently. We are all responsible for the aesthetic look of a film. And so the art department coordinator helps to facilitate that flow of information from the production designers so that ultimately the production designer achieves a cohesive look through all visual elements of the project. So springboarding off of that, for those who don't know, who do you have reporting directly to you in the art department? So the art department coordinator manages the art department PAs and assists directly to the art directors and the supervising art director. So we're supporting both the 
needs of the art department at the production office and also the needs of the art department on set. And that often means that a PA will start their morning reporting to the production office and they often wrap their day out on set assisting the production designer or art directors as they are either shooting a set or prepping for another set that's coming down the line. So tell us about your day-to-day responsibilities as the art department coordinator. So what I love about the art department coordinator position is that because my background is in production, I'm serving a lot of the logistical responsibilities for the art department. So it's, it's the daily operations, it's logistical planning, tracking departmental spending, lots of interdepartmental communication. Yet rather than pushing black and white paperwork back and forth like you do in the production office, we're interacting with these amazingly vivid pieces of imagery and concept art. And you're getting to watch the nucleus of the film design just unfold right before your eyes. I love the art department coordinator position because I have no artistic talent whatsoever. Trust me, (laughs) you do not want to see me draw. Uh, My keyframes would be stick figures. Um, Yet in my position, I'm privy to the creative process of the director, the production designer, and the cinematography as they ultimately determine the look of the film. Uh, It is also our job to track and allocate labor for the entire department. So you have to be very strategic in assigning and tasking concept artists with material so that you can ensure that one artist is not too overloaded with uh, certain content while another artist maybe doesn't have enough on their plate. Um, So you're trying to balance both people's individual creative tendencies and capabilities while also managing the needs of the department as a whole. That's great. How much are you interacting with the production department? What's your daily communication like? I'm curious, how do you work in tandem with production to keep this engine running? So uh, I have to say, uh, I now understand why production coordinators and art department coordinators are part of the same union, because it's my role as the art department coordinator to be the voice of production for the art department. And by that, I mean, Um, I have a thorough understanding of how the accounting department works. So cost reporting, issuing and approving POs, those are elements that often individuals who have just studied art design are not as familiar with. And so it's your job as the art department coordinator to ensure that the art department is adhering to the policies and procedures um, of the production at large. It's interesting because I'm the only member of the art department who is part of 871. Uh, The rest of art department is 800. So art directors, concept artists, illustrators, production designers, they're an entirely different union. And I'm the only one in the art department who who comes from a uh, production background. So um, it's really meant to be uh, a different skill within the art department. Um, My role is not to create creative pieces of imagery. My role is to ensure that Uh, the team of artists who are creating those creative pieces of imagery have the production support that they need to fulfill their jobs. So I'm responsible for the organizational, operational elements of the art department. At the same time, I feel that as managers, the art department often are like exceedingly effective and efficient because nobody's watching them except themselves and they're not like AD'd you know well and that's where I just have this admiration for art directors because they have to both be physically present for the set that is currently shooting yet one step ahead for the set that's being built that's going to be shot next week and so you have to manage both um, what's shooting today and what's under construction for what's to come 
and and they're literally in two places at once most of the time. They normally start their morning opening the set at crew call, and then somewhere in the afternoon they jump off to go to the next location to ensure that that build is is on target. And they're deconstructing the set that was shot yesterday. And they're wrapping the set that was shot yesterday. Absolutely. And, and so uh, in the art department coordinator position, one of the things we really try to do is be that center point for those overlapping developmental processes. So you often will have a PA running from one set to drop off a piece of a sample material for the production designer to look at. And then they're jumping in their car to take something else to the props department that afternoon um, because everybody's working on multiple phases of production all at the same time. That's amazing. As someone with a production background, what would you say is something that you've learned from working in the art department? How has it impacted you as a, a filmmaker in yeah. general? The art department really opened my eyes to how much love and intense creative focus goes into developing these worlds. And it's so incredible to see a director and a production designer who have a very symbiotic relationship because they feed off of each other. And you realize that what they're creating is this co-vision. And, and because of that, they're very sensitive and they're very close to the material. And so I find that I as sort of more of a production mindset background can just be a little too quick to rush to the final product. And you forget that it's a process and it's this developmental creative process. And so I I think sometimes I had to learn to be a little more sensitive to how much collaboration goes into creating the final look. It's not something that, that happens overnight and you have to be patient with it because it's, it's fostered over time. Yeah, I think that's key. I'm glad you mentioned that. I can certainly plead guilty to that sometimes as a producer. Oftentimes I'm, I'm focused a little too much on the big picture outcome and not as patient as I ought to be with, with the details, right? But it, it is essential to keep in mind everything that gets poured into that creative process. Yeah, I'm constantly amazed at the talent that that I'm surrounded by in the art department. Um, it, it is a shame how much good material goes unused sometimes. You can have iterations of a character or a creature design, and there's nothing wrong with it. It maybe just doesn't serve a story element or a story need, uh, so it ultimately gets cut. But you, you see how much effort went into creating it, um, and it's just impressive. When you and I were talking about you being a guest on the show, you mentioned the war room. Yeah. What is the war room? Absolutely. The art department is incredibly rich and it's incredibly vibrant. Um, One of my favorite elements of the art department is something we usually call the war room. And the war room is essentially keyframes that are laid out in story order. And unlike storyboards, which are black and white and more technical in their purpose, keyframes are meant to really be immersive and reflect the lighting, what will ultimately potentially be camera angles. And it allows you to step into a space in which you can be fully immersed in the environment of the story you're creating. So we often use a conference room or a long hallway to print large scale images and sort of tile them out so that the director often will use it as a first introduction to some of the cast as they're coming on and he can start at the beginning and walk them through the story and you're seeing the story in color and it really feels uh, almost like a flip book. there's, There's very few times in a movie where you get to feel Um, all of the aesthetic design before it's on set because everything's being developed. The sets are being built, the costumes are being made, 
the props are being fabricated. And, you know, that moment when you're on set and you open a set to, to shoot it is really the first time that you really get to feel that. Um, and prior to that, the only way you can immerse yourself in those environments is through keyframes and concept art. Right. I know it varies from film to film, but in general, how long into post-production is the art department actively involved? When are you done, essentially? The art department is never done, it seems. <laughs> well, it is possible for us to design and redesign things up until the very last minute. And by last minute, I mean the film has to go out the door so that it can be in theaters. And it's important to know when the design has reached the, the best that it can possibly be and it's serving the needs of the story. That's when you're done. Um, so in these really big visual effects movies, oftentimes the art department stays on longer because we have to art direct the visual effects house as they're building assets. And what that means is uh, concept art and keyframes become the template for what's gonna be a digital set extension or um, a, a digital build. And it's our responsibility as the art department to ensure that that 3D asset serves the needs of the story and fits the look and the design and is on brand for the content of the film. I think that's a great transition into some of our next questions about visual effects. I know something like Avatar is on a completely different level, and there's a lot you can't talk about specifically for NDA purposes, but most films have some aspect of VFX. So help us understand the intersection between live action, VFX, motion capture, as it pertains to art department. How does the art department interface with the VFX team? The role of the art department on a traditional live action film versus a really big visual effects film can be very different. With a traditional live action film, the deliverable is very clear. It's the physical set. And once the set is fully dressed, it's not going to change. You shoot it and you're done. Um, however, with these really big visual effects movies, the deliverable is not as tangible. So you have to communicate very closely with the visual effects department to determine where the physical ends and the virtual begins. So we go through these really precise and in-depth conversations um, to determine the extent of build. So those practical elements that we're going to prioritize for our physical builds are often driven by points of contact. So anything that the actor physically touches or interfaces with um, should preferably be uh, an element of the live action build. But then you also have to consider sort of the cost benefit analysis of the time it takes to build something physically versus building something digitally. Right. So the art department is responsible for providing the visual effects house with art direction as they're building these 3D assets. So from the, the moment we very first turn over something to a visual effects house, it has to be very precise and very clear what our ultimate expectation out of that asset is. There needs to be methodology behind what you're building digitally and why. Can you tell us about that, the kind of establishing the pipeline as far as managing and delivering those digital assets? That's, there's so much that goes into that. Absolutely. Uh, another thing to note in the art department visual effects relationship is, is establishing a digital pipeline for managing and delivering digital assets. So ultimately, it's the art department's responsibility to provide the visual effects house with a clear turnover. So that means packaging assets so that you can provide the visual effects house with a clear direction for their 3D builds. So that means including concept art, possibly keyframes, and a whole lot of reference material so that they know what they're building. So very early on in pre-production, it's important for the art department and the visual effects department to determine 
how the production is going to organize digital assets. And that's everything from naming conventions, tagging assets. You have to be able to track versioning, maintain a database that allows for note taking so that you can see the development from 2D concept art to the final 3D model. That is an enormous undertaking. Is the standard procedure in that arena of the business, even if your company has been one of the innovators of that standard procedure? There's a standard procedure. There's not a standard pipeline. Pipeline is different on every show because each film is produced by a different studio. You're contracting with a different visual effects house and you have a different physical production team. So the software that you're using to track can be different. Sometimes studios have very specific database tracking programs that they require you to use. And so you have to adhere to the studio's policies and procedures as well. What about the human element? What do you think from your position is most important to making this all work successfully? Yeah, there's no substitute for managing personalities. And we are in an industry that is full of some very big personalities. And it's important to be able to read not just what they're asking for, but why they're asking for something. Because uh, especially with artwork, it is very near and dear to the artist and it is a labor of love. And so it's important to determine if somebody is really advocating for something, there's probably a reason why. And so you have to determine what is more important in that moment. And oftentimes it's part of the creative process. It's a, a collaborative vision as well. It's, it, there's something that the cinematographer is contributing that allowed the set to come to life in a way that the production designer maybe didn't imagine until they're collaborating together on the day. Amazing. Sasha, we've reached the point on the show where we do our Abby Singer segment. We always invite our guests to share a personal story or experience that illustrates a lesson learned, a, a funny moment, or some kind of important principle or takeaway. Anything you'd like to share with us today as we close out? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, sort of a, a, a funny takeaway of working in the art department. One of the things we often do is large scale plots. So they're very large prints and we often print, you know, 30 inches by 60 inches, just really big, large scale imagery. And uh, one day we were really busy and I had asked the PA to pull up a certain file that was a panoramic image. And I didn't give her very specific instructions. I just said, print it at a larger scale, 42 inches. And I thought it was obvious that by 42 inches, I, that was the maximum length that the image was supposed to be. And it was a panoramic image. And instead, bless her heart, what she did was get our 42 roll inch of bond paper and print it 42 inches on the short edge so that this panoramic image ended up being something like 20 feet long by the time it was done printing. And this is on photo paper in color. It must have taken six hours and we had this 42 inch high by 20 foot long print that was basically a small scale backdrop. And she was so proud by the time it was done printing. And I come up to the art department and it's literally laid out down the hallway because that was the only space long enough for her to show me the image. And to my horror, I just see like dollar signs flashing before my eyes thinking about the material costs for this image that was completely useless. And I think I just started crying because I couldn't even laugh. I was just like, oh my gosh, how did my communication go so wrong in this moment? But it, it became a joke and we held on to it. And in fact, we even hung it on the wall for a long time. But 
yes, you have to be very clear and concise with your communication. And sometimes when you're rushing, what is so obvious to you that you convey to someone else is not obvious to them. It's better to clarify rather than take a leap of faith and waste time and material in the meantime. Yeah, I, I think that's especially true in production where often we're rushing and also where we all want to make everybody happy, right? And make it happen. So that's a good one. Beautifully said. Sasha, this has been truly an insightful conversation and so much fun uh, to just kind of celebrate the creative engine that is the art department. Uh, can't thank you enough for the time that you took and, and uh, everything that you've shared about what it is that you do. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. So long. And that's Taillights, folks, on another episode of Call Sheet. This show is brought to you by Elgin Entertainment. It is produced and hosted by Kiku Terasaki and me, Bryce Sirier, with support from our associate producer, Nathaniel Duber. I'm also the editor of the show, and our theme music is by Robert Mai. Our guest today was Sasha DeMello. We talked about her role as art department coordinator and how to support the design and execution for the visual aesthetic of a film. Thanks again, listeners, for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode and keep coming back for more. I'd just like to remind you, if you'd be so kind, please share the show with a friend or colleague and take just one minute to leave us a review in whatever podcast app you use. We really appreciate your feedback and support. Also, if you want to suggest a topic that you'd like to hear discussed in a future episode, please send it in. You can email us at callsheetpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media at callsheetshow. You should also check out our website for the latest content and news. That's callsheetshow.com. There are links to all of that and additional resources in this episode's show notes, so be sure to check those out. Remember to stay tuned for new episodes of Call Sheet every Thursday morning, and in the meantime, good luck and go make it happen.